portal. Yes, it is. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I am your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hello, listeners. As you can tell by our laugh, we're feeling very mischievous right now. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. (laughs) What are you mischievous about? I don't know. We got mischievous about the recording and we were like... (laughs) It's just, it's a weird sound bite. It is. Craig Craig kept it simple. Now recording. I know. We need a whole complete sentence saying like, what did it, like who, what, where, when, and why all at the same time. And it's really a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, Zoom users, you know what we're talking about if you do recording. There's a noise in the back of your like office that sounds like you've become a vape god and... Oh, uh, you know what? It's my ceiling fan. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, this ceiling fan's a little older and I can make it turn off when I, I can flip my switch. Hang on, let me get it. Because... Like oh, I knew you. Stop. <laughs> I'm not sure yet, but I knew you weren't vaping because it also happened while you were talking. Sometimes. Oh yeah, it, probably the fan. I turned it off now. I was just like, is she like huffing a vape pen, <laughs> making some juicy clouds? Is that the terminology, kids? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm totally a vaping straight edge bro. <laughs> coming at you from you love you love that fruit punch flavor <laughs> yeah peach rings for life <laughs> i got oh, some good news on the african violet front nice uh, yeah for those who haven't listened to our mini shows which you should we're watching vampire diaries and loving every minute of it yes um i was talking about the african violets that were gifted to me from someone at work mm-hmm. and i immediately killed them but then we repotted them and they are looking very vibrant. Nice. The blossoms are not back yet, but the leaves are green and luscious. Amazing. And there's something sleeping in our wildflowers that have kind of killed all the wire wildflowers in the center of our like trough. Yeah. So tonight we're setting up a small camera with motion detection to so catch cool. to catch the motherfucker. I wonder who it is. I hope it's a kitten and then we will adopt that kitten and I will name the kitten Paul. I am going to put my, uh, this is what I think it, I think it might be like a rabbit or something. So that's my guess. So we'll see who is right. And both of us might be wrong. What if it's a possum? (laughs) I mean, possums are cute. They are. They don't have rabies apparently. No, they're going to come. The possum is going to eat all the bad bugs. Yeah. For you. All the ticks, they eat ticks. How about that? Goodness, people, we need more possums. Yeah, but we're not just here to talk about (laughs) possums. We're here to talk about our second movie in our little Pride Month horror movie watch party. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer's Body, which is a 2009 American comedy horror film written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kusama. The film stars Megan Fox, Amanda Siegfried, Johnny Simmons, and Adam Brody. Fox portrays a demonically possessed high school girl who kills her male classmates with her best friends striving to stop her. The film premiered at the 2009 Toronto International Film Festival and was released in the United States and Canada on September 18, 2009. The title is a reference to the song of the same name by alternative rock band Hole, 
on their album Live Through This as a tie-in to the film, Boom Studios produced a Jennifer's Body graphic novel released in August 2009. I had no idea that was a song for this whole time. I didn't know that. I did not either because (laughs) I didn't really know anything about this film. And diving straight into acting and performance, just because I was reading up on some trivia. Yeah. uh, Apparently Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy was considered for Adam Brody's role. Oh, for the guy who's like the lead singer. Yeah, which I am so glad they did not do because be that awkward. would have that would have dated the movie. Yeah, really would have. I'm glad they used just like a generic, you know, alternative rock band like Fall Out yeah. Boy. But you know, I gotcha because like I know Fall Out Boy is still a thing, but the cultural obsession with Pete Wentz and his eyeliner yeah. is such a thing of the past. Oh, it is. God, that would have been awful if they used him. I feel like the movie would lose some integrity because of that. Yeah. Because Adam Brody is wonderful. Seth Cohen from the OC. Uh, He was recently in Ready or Not. Also good in that. Yeah, cool. I'm just always proud of him when he actually gets a role in something these days. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this movie stars Megan Fox. And I talked a bit on the mini show about how like every girl in 2009 i hated megan fox and don't lie to me and tell me you didn't because we all did we all hated her and now i like adore her and now you feel like shit for hating her because of course i do she's like go her go megan (laughs) i mean it's it's really not fair that we hated her we were like kind of forced into hating her because of transformers and how michael bay framed her in that movie and how hollywood framed her in that movie and how the guy you liked, fucking Marshall, was like, oh my god, Megan Fox is so hot. Marshall, that's his name? Yeah, his, his name Damn was it. Marshall. And he wore <laughs> swim trunks to school. <laughs> like Shorts? Yeah, like swim trunks. What the fuck? Those aren't for wearing non-swimming. What the? That's so weird. <laughs> I had terrible taste in men, but it's over with. You know David. You like David. David is fantastic. I love David. David doesn't wear some trunks, but that's okay. We had to just, there's only so many people to choose from when you go to one high school. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh-oh. It's all good. But no, we, we've all grown up and we all love Megan Fox now that we know how horrible Hollywood treated her and how their treatment of her kind of fucked over Jennifer's body because this mm-hmm. movie, now that I've watched it, really was intended for you know, high school, college age girls. Yeah. But they advertised it to teenage boys. So they yeah. saw the movie and hated it. Mm-hmm. And then girls didn't go see the movie, but hated it because <laughs> the girl their boyfriend's fap to was in it. Exactly. So you, you love this movie. What do you have to say about the acting and characters? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really, um, I really love this movie. Um, every time it was on TV when I lived at home, um, I would watch it right away. I love watching Jennifer's body. And, um, so the thing about this movie is that, yes, it's kind of like a comedy. Um, there are like uh, funny moments, quirky lines and, um, rewatching it now in 2021, cause this, this 2009 was a long time ago. Megan Fox, she, they gave her these absolutely 
ridiculous, stupid one-liners, but she somehow was able to pull it out and deliver them incredibly smooth and sexy. And I was like, I don't know how she's able to do this shit and not laugh Mm -hmm. at when they hand her the fucking script packet (laughs) because, but she did it with 100% intensity. And that is what I appreciate about her because every single thing, no matter what they told her to do, no matter how degrading or how stupid or how ridiculous it was, because sometimes it was, she gave it her 100% intensity and you can't take your eyes off her when she's on the screen. I must say that um, I'm so glad that Amanda Seyfried was her um, like counterpart in this mm-hmm. because she is equally amazing in films. She has such a range and <laughs> they have such a great best friend chemistry. Although they're really not together too, too much on screen, they really do have this this great chemistry and I adore it and everybody else is fantastic they're they're totally awkward and hilarious in their high school ways yeah it it all just really works and meshes I don't really think I have a complaint about any character yeah uh even Adam Brody the demon demonic lead singer (laughs) who made a deal with the devil he was extremely charming and adorable he was yeah he was how you would think like a small time indie guitar guy who you know daylights at a coffee shop would act mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like that's it and that's how they look and yeah absolutely um I think yeah. if this is more of a writing note than acting note but I think that really speaks to uh Diablo Cody and her writing style that she's able to pump out these really great characters I don't know if you ever watched the United States of Terra no, never. Um, but that's a really great show. I haven't watched it since college because I don't think it's on any streaming services right now, but it had Tony Collette in it. Yeah. It's kind of the show I think that really launched Tony Collette in the United States. Yeah. Because it's about a woman who suffers from um this isn't the correct term for it anymore, but multi personality disorder. Um, yeah, we we call it um <laughs> it's a Dissociative identity disorder? Yeah, disassociative. Did? I I know the initials. I see the initials in my head. It's did. But yeah, and even in a show that intense, you still have just these charming, quirky one-liners and characters. Diablo Cody's super talented. She's currently like under some controversy or some shit because she did she wrote the Alanis Morissette musical. Jagged Little Pill, and uh, uh, apparently they didn't. The main character of that is heavily implied to be non-binary and was played by a non-binary actor in the early previews in Philadelphia or something. Mm -hmm. But then when it went to Broadway, it was changed to a cisgendered woman Mm -hmm. and people aren't really happy about that. And uh, so, um, but I think Diablo Cody is a fantastic writer. People complain about overwritten dialogue in her stuff yeah which is the quirky one-liners and how people seem to automatically have a catchy response but i don't but it's charming yeah it's (laughs) it's fun to watch and this little note here on wikipedia producer jason rittman stated he and his producers wanted to make unusual films and she wanted to make a movie to speak to female empowerment and explore the complex relationships between best friends and i think this movie really does that. Yes. And I was 
again reading trivia and apparently like the first draft of this movie didn't have the heavy sexual subtext between uh jennifer and needy but then with the second draft she went all in and apparently there was originally supposed to be a full-on sex scene between the two of them wow which i would argue there kind of is right there at the ending before Mm -hmm. needy kills jennifer that was a very oh yeah while there was no like banging or chow town she still penetrated her yeah she did mm-hmm. still penetrate her, and it was a very erotic moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They carried these roles well. My one, because the I'm a huge fan of Juno. Yeah. Elliot Page's big breakout role, and Diablo Cody won an Oscar for writing that. And just the dialogue is a little faster in that one, so that took some getting used to because the dialogue is super snappy and back and forth. That's like, yeah, that's like this kind. If if you think that Jennifer's body was like that, mm-hmm. Juno's like that times ten. It's yeah. like, wow, I can't even so, come up with stuff that's that yeah, clever. So I was like, this is the dialogue's moving a lot slower than I expected, but I I feel like that was intentional on Megan's acting where um, Jennifer's a little on the dumb side or <laughs> she's trying to sound a little dumber yeah but her comebacks really are some funny shit sometimes yeah yeah like, oh, um yeah well speaking of the you know one-liners and stuff do you have like i know you just watched it but is there like a favorite of yours that like stuck out you like laughed out loud at if you remember i like the line towards the end where uh needy is finally calling out uh, Jennifer mm-hmm. for not being that special when she's hovering in the air and she's like, why do you always have to undermine what you <laughs> to do? Yeah. Yeah, that is actually really funny because it's this really extreme moment, um, but it's it's like juxtaposed with like, they're just kind of arguing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you're no, just and like, I, you have to laugh. I think that's fantastic. And if I were to ever write a horror thing, in fact, uh, let's hope you feel better formally titled like a porcelain doll yeah. available to read on new play exchange mm-hmm. um <laughs> i i have a scene like that because it's semi-horror where the mom and the daughter are dismembering a body while talking about <laughs> wedding plans yeah yes they are and so i i really really appreciate that because it's solidified for me that even had Jennifer never been possessed by a demon, mm-hmm. their friendship probably would have fallen apart. Yes. <laughs> regardless. Right. Yeah, absolutely. This was just an extra push off the cliff that probably just made it fall apart faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, yeah. it's it's clear that Needy is in love with Jennifer. Yes. And I don't I don't think that's necessarily what would have caused their friendship to fall apart. Because Jennifer just isn't that great of a friend to her. Yeah, she really isn't. Like the whole, um, at the very beginning, dress cute. And then Needy's monologue explains. Yes. uh, That means some very specific things. Mm -hmm. Don't look dorky and don't show off your cleavage because that's her thing. I'm like, wow. Yes. Who claims cleavage? Right. And it kind of is reminiscent of like Mean Girls and stuff like that era that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, and how there's always that one girl. It's like the most popular girl in school and stuff. And um, 
it was just very, you know, late 2000s, just like the movie. Um, so very true to life, unfortunately. Um, my favorite line, it would have, I would have to say that it's uh, towards the middle of the movie. It's whenever Nee's boyfriend calls her to meet, meet up at like the park in the middle of the night because the one football player, she killed him. Mm-hmm. in the woods and then he describes the football player's mom how she's catatonic and he he describes her as like a um she's like a zombie mannequin robot statue <laughs> and that will always be like one of my favorite lines because of how he delivers it too um and I just come to appreciate because that really could be something that is said that's the best way to describe something that crazy mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's my favorite line. Um, there's one more thing I want to say about acting. Um, and that would be that I really appreciate, although this movie is centered on teenagers, I'm so glad that like the idea of these teenagers actually having parents that that wasn't left out. We mm-hmm. meet everybody's at least one of their parents at least once or their siblings. And I was like, oh, yes. So unlike Vampire Diaries, where they just kind of live <laughs> in solitude away from all adults, we have this realistic aspect of, yes, there are consequences to death. People are mourning. Police are called. You know, the town is falling apart. People are having, you know, like um, memorials at school. Oh, yeah. So, like yeah. death actually means something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly, Sam. And a lot of movies, they really like to center around the teenagers and we just kind of forget all about them having any responsibilities or having parents that they kind of have to remember that they there are consequences to stuff that happens. And we, we can't just like kill people left and right because it'll have a ripple effect. Yeah. And the the parents thing crossed my mind towards the end of the movie while Jennifer was lying in bed right before Needy kills her. Yeah. Because up until that point, we hadn't seen Jennifer's parents and like, where, where are they? Right. Yeah, exactly. But we do, we do see them at the end. And I feel like that that's a good, that's a good place to put them or at least her mother, because then we like get, oh, well, that's why Needy's in, like, a crazy house right now because she was caught murdering her best friend for no reason, mm-hmm. uh, per- perceived by Jennifer's mother. Yeah. So, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that that it, it ties up ends, um, in, including the parents and stuff. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, well done. I don't think I have any other notes on acting. Yeah, and uh, we didn't talk about... Johnny Simmons, who plays Amanda Seyfried's boyfriend in this, he's adorable. He's he's actually so adorable and wholesome, and I, I just really adore his character. He's so sweet, and he's also like really he's funny. He has a nice sense of humor. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it. Like their their relationship felt very authentic. Yeah, it did. It's so high school. <laughs> Especially the um, the sex scene between them. Oh, I thought that was so wholesome. I mean, despite it being a sex scene, if you have not seen this movie, you really won't get that yeah. unless you see that it's just like very, <laughs> I don't want to say juvenile, it's just very innocent of a sex scene <laughs> as yeah. much as you can get. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very innocent. Like, it didn't feel like 
it wasn't raunchy it, or anything like yeah I, it I wasn't think raunchy movie would be yeah. yeah it wasn't raunchy and it wasn't like unrealistic that the sex was just fantastic like you see in a lot of teen movies mm-hmm. it was a uh, very yeah. awkward and they double back on that too because he does say like you're not just some girl i made love to for four minutes and mm-hmm. like that's really <laughs> and like real life super important they showed them using a condom which very often gets super. left out in these movies yeah so it's like and that's so part of their personality too is that they would really really care a lot and want to make their first time special because you you see that it is their first time having sex in the movie yeah oh that was another great line right before that scene he said i went to super target and got more condoms <laughs> i know and then i was like how many at first i thought I, I at first i thought i had missed something and i was like i thought that they had sex for the first time in this movie but maybe he just like has been stocking up on different varieties so they could choose for their special night <laughs> yeah i mean who didn't do that super target what is super target (laughs) like walmart so yeah super target (laughs) honestly i don't know i don't know (laughs) i know it was a thing because there was super target and then like super meyer and big k but that really just meant that that's what they would label the walmarts and meyer and kmarts that got grocery stores as well so Uh, but target didn't start getting grocery stores until a few years ago so i'm not sure what the super target would have been yeah i don't know (laughs) um but yeah that uh that that also is really sweet and then um it's really played out well just by their personalities alone and how they mesh on screen it's a really authentic relationship like sam said yeah and all of the relationships felt super authentic they did (laughs) so uh, moving into story, uh, this is a movie that follows the friendship between two gal pals, uh, Needy and Jennifer. Jennifer's the super hot one, and uh, Needy is her dorky friend. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go to a rock show, which you should never do because you'll get possessed <laughs> by a demon. And the place that you're watching the rock show, the venue will just burn down. Okay, everybody was way too fucking casual about that. I know, everybody was really chill. And I was like, oh my God, guys, run. Like the whole place burnt down and then everybody died. Like, Jesus, it was really traumatizing. And then after that, uh, Jennifer gets kidnapped by Adam Brody. And again, Needy's just a little too chill about that. I know. And I tried to keep telling myself, I was like, well, they're in shock. They're in shock. They just went through a trauma. So that might be the one I mean, reason why there was hesitation. I would call the cops if you got kidnapped right in I front mean, of me, even yeah. if I was traumatized from the fire going on. That's, yeah, that's true. I feel like the authorities maybe should have been called sooner. Um, yeah, but you know, it's fine because when Needy gets home, Jennifer's there and throws <laughs> up Hershey syrup all over the floor. Yeah. And then like, needle things yeah which is gross it's so cute uh when needy gets him the first person she calls is her boyfriend <laughs> yeah that's very high school it is and he was like asleep it must have been really late <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense they would call the cops if you sorry I'm, yeah yeah I'm, uh, residual <laughs> anger seeping through <laughs> exactly um what happens uh but then the next day at school yeah jennifer's just fine and she's the only one not traumatized by 
the burning bodies and flesh. Yeah. In fact, she's making like weird fucked up jokes about it and Needy gets really upset. <laughs> yep. Which relatable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then after that, we kind of see a change in Jennifer. Obviously, we see that she is kind of hooking up with different boys in the school um, and then we see when she's with them, she kind of seduces them, mm-hmm. makes them feel very helpless by reminding them of their loss or, you know, fear. And then she turns into a demon and eats them. <laughs> yep. Yes. She Surprise. essentially becomes a succubus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like a demon woman. Oh, it literally says that in the synopsis. Oh, really? Jennifer is a succubus who must feed on she's- flesh and can only be killed when she is hungry and weak. Ah, excellent. So Jennifer is a succubus now, which just ruins everything because she's going to eat all the boys. And for some reason, she's honed in on Needy's boyfriend. Yeah, Chip. I just remembered his name. I don't know why I forgot. (laughs) Um, So... uh, Yeah. knows what's going on. She's been researching it, and she breaks up with chip in order to protect him because jennifer has her sights on him and it's probably because jennifer's low-key jealous of their relationship yeah let's be real when Mm -hmm. your best friend has a boyfriend and you don't it's a little depressing yeah especially they're in like a really committed relationship it seems like they could be really long term and jennifer really just like doesn't attract like her boyfriends that are really interested in being with her forever you know they just yeah. want to have sex with her because she's so beautiful yeah she doinks a lot of assholes as we saw in the beginning of the movie with chris pratt's character roman that's chris pratt yeah that was chris pratt oh my god <laughs> jesus i know he was a baby oh my god yeah well everybody in that place that she is trying to get with her is like a total loser <laughs> yeah so that's just the kind of guy jennifer attracts could be like um i don't know it could be some sort of statement about yeah. how people in general just viewed megan fox as a sex object rather right. than an actual human yeah that's a really good point <laughs> meanwhile her nerdy best friend that you know dresses so frumpy and is clearly just absolutely hideous (laughs) right clearly (laughs) has the super cute boyfriend who genuinely loves her yes yeah they're basically in love and it's it's so sweet and special yeah um so even though they broke up chip decides to go to the uh, the spring formal Mm -hmm. where jennifer catches him and tries to eat him like she's eaten everyone else but needy stops him and uh he still dies even though um needy did her best to try and save him yeah so yeah that was sad (laughs) and then the movie ends with needy killing jennifer in her bed being caught getting sent to the mental institution and then revealed that because jennifer bit her and she didn't die she now has some of the demon powers and she goes to exact revenge on the band that turned jennifer into a demon so that is actually such amazing and excellent irony to end the movie with and i adore that (laughs) yeah 
And uh, we, we left out the most important part that was in every single trailer for this movie. Oh, what, what was it? Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox making out on her bed. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about that a little bit before. But yeah, they do um, have this moment where uh, she like, Amanda Seyfried's character is like driving home after the night they are like having sex and then she's driving home and she sees Jennifer on the road and then she drives all the way home and is freaked out and then lays in her mom's room and is like has a relaxing nightmare I don't know and then she goes to her bed to go to sleep and Jennifer's in her bed (laughs) and um like I feel like as a succubus she does have this way of seducing anybody that she's with um Mm -hmm. just like with a kiss and so she's able to kind of like they're making out and I remember reading that Megan Fox said that like whenever they filmed that scene um it was actually really awkward because everything was like super quiet on set and all they did was just like they're like you have to make out very loudly um you know and and do this and and, you know make it seem like really sexy and um Mm -hmm. I feel like she had a couple things to say about that scene um, that may not have been like an okay experience for her, but overall, like Needy snaps out of it. She's like, what is happening? And then she finds out the truth about what really happened to Jennifer that night with the ritual and how it didn't work because the band was supposed to sacrifice a virgin. And she lied to them and said she was a virgin because she thought they might rape her. And they were looking for someone who was experienced, but instead they were looking for a virgin. Jennifer, of course, was not a virgin. So when you do a demonic sacrifice to a non-virgin, you create a succubus demon instead. So, and here we are. Yeah, which is just insane. And I, I, I read Amanda Seyfried's statement about the kiss and she said she actually really enjoyed filming that part. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and she's surprised that more people didn't come to see the movie just because of that, because she thought they killed it. I mean, I'm sure that after the fact, they were like, oh, we did so, so good. And like, it, it, it turned out so good. But um, I remember, you're going to have to look into this and make sure I'm right and see what Megan Fox had to say about that. Because I feel like she said that it was awkward, like on set, because everybody was like, completely quiet, no noise, no music, just okay go ahead and make out like, like start, you know, I feel like that's where the scene just, just began, like no, no foreplay per se, but just (laughs) get right into it. Oh yeah. Well, according to this headline, they were both horrified that they had to kiss (laughs) in the 2009 film, Jennifer's body. Uh, The actress 33 said the scene was stressful for the pair of them and they were not looking forward to it. The horror film sees a high school girl, blah, 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 blah. We just talked about that. I remember Amanda and I were horrified that we had to make out her more so than me. I was slightly more comfortable being able to do it. She was not excited about having to film that scene at all. I remember we were both stressed because we had chin acne and there was going to be this micro close-up of us, of us kissing. They have to paint that out. I didn't even know if they did, but it was a very stressful scene for the two of us. Uh, yeah. Cyfred. Uh, said we kissed really well together if I watch the scene it's actually really sexy we got it done for the masses and sadly the masses didn't show up oh that sucks (laughs) and uh and I I get that why that would be stressful because this is 2009 before the hashtag me too movement and times Mm -hmm. up happened so intimacy directors weren't really a thing yet you know the Mm -hmm. 
people you hire for films and theater to help direct scenes like this so everybody is comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say they didn't have one. I don't know if they did or not, but probably not considering the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a more male-dominated crew, even though this was filmed by, was directed by a woman and written by a woman. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's probably just, I feel like makeout scenes in general in yeah. movies have to be the most uncomfortable thing to film. Oh yeah, and I think about that a lot actually when I watch The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Yeah, especially since we just watched like the fucking Dana, not Dana, the um, <laughs> Elena and Damon uh, sex yes. scene. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I wonder if it's awkward to just like kiss a lot on screen. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that, that's the kissing scene that mm-hmm. they used in every single fucking trailer for this movie. And Dang. I could see like... <laughs> had this movie not been written in a way where it's so obvious that there are at least some romantic feelings, at least on Needy's side towards Jennifer, yeah, I would absolutely be 100% queer baiting. Mm-hmm. But because of the underlying subtext in that, I won't call it queer baiting. Yeah. Because Jennifer the succubus could probably pick up on that attraction and she right. was using it to her advantage. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So... And it, that was originally supposed to be a sex scene, so it yeah, could have been I'm, worse. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that far, honestly. I think it, it would have ruined it for me. Agreed. I think that the makeout scene was was enough, you know. Um uh, you know, especially to highlight like uh, you know, teenage girls being friends and experimenting as well could be another way to look at it. Yeah, um, that's actually what Diablo Cody, I think, was going for. Mm-hmm. I think I read in the trivia section was just that close friendship and figuring out your sexuality and all these complex emotions you have when you're that age. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Megan Fox is openly bisexual. Okay. And uh, it's implied that. it's implied at the end that Jennifer is sexual too with that catchy little one-liner, I go both ways. I know how... And, and we can't know if she's just saying that to be clever Jennifer or if she really is bisexual. So we'll never know. I mean, a bisexual succubus would be unstoppable. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I'm sure that maybe she was a bit curious and I feel like turning into the succubus demon probably solidified her decision. Um, and, and I mean, we, about that. it's also like she dates shitty guys and... <laughs> The person yeah. closest to her is Needy, who actually yeah. like cares about her as a human. Right. So there probably are feelings there. Oh yeah, absolutely. There there can't not be even little while though she's like kind of a jerk. <laughs> you just brought up another funny line where she's like, You're a jerk, and she's like <laughs> like nice insult Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. That shit cracks me up. <laughs> Oh, man. But it did bum me out when Ship died because they did just have such an innocent relationship. And I was reading up on the graphic novel, which I didn't even know existed until 20 minutes ago. Probably badass. Um, Because they were writing it before the movie was even finished filming. So they decided to make the graphic novel and from more so the perspective of the boys she kills instead of Jennifer. 
Cool. So if you want more character de- character development for the boy she killed and whether or not they deserve to die, yeah, read the graphic novel. Uh, so I thought that was interesting because they just had the screenplay to go off of and a lot of changes were being done on set. But I didn't read a whole lot about a whole lot about it. And it has like a red cover. Yeah. Oh, nice. Frequently bought together is the Blu-ray and <laughs> the hardcover. Excellent. Um, so I guess that's about it for story. I thought it was a really clever story. I thought it was a nice little satire on this type of film, which is a very 80s-esque demon possession flick. Yeah, yeah. A little... Uh, would it be sexploitation? I think it would probably fall under sexploitation where if this movie was made in the 80s, dead serious, Jennifer would be naked half the time. Oh, absolutely. And the sex scene would happen. Oh, sorry mm-hmm. about all that. Jeez. We've <laughs> been doing this for three years. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's eight o'clock, which is time to feed the cats their dinner. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say about plot myself. But production on the note of nudity, I think mm. Megan Fox has a no nudity con- uh, clause in her contract, which is why she was not nude in this movie, which was a common complaint amongst the teenage boys who went to see it. Because, again, thinking back to the advertising, it really did seem like she was going to strip down. Well, I thought that it was actually a really clever way to show her body, but not show her completely nude. I actually appreciated the way that she was like very sexy, but not completely naked blatantly. And I remember going back to marketing and why I didn't see it. And I wasn't the only one because on the radio, they were had a news story about this movie not doing well in the box office because women didn't want to see it because they didn't like Megan Fox. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. If she did get naked, it would be a terrible date movie. <laughs> yeah, sure would. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to hate myself. <laughs> I, I know we all don't need to hate ourselves anymore. She's probably got the most beautiful body. Um, you know what? But- she's dating. She's dating Machine Gun Kelly. So wh- who's the loser now, Megan? I know that. Yeah, what a loser. Your fucking um, boyfriend, that's who. Yeah, yeah, what a loser guy. Maybe she'll make him cooler. He probably but, um, wore swim trunks in high school. Yeah, I actually follow Megan Fox on Instagram, and she was recently seen masked up in Disney. Mm. So that's cool. She's wearing a fucking mask, so go her. How did you feel about the soundtrack? Personally, I loved it. Me too. I thought it was awesome. Every after every scene, there was another super cool song to like bring into the scene. And then there was some, sometimes like there was, I feel like a song from every genre in this movie, which is actually pretty cool. Um, I just, we need an emo revival desperately because I just miss the good old days of the radio where you had a decent mix of like hip hop and then some emo and punk and then pop yeah now it's just like emo just doesn't get the airtime that it used to no it's like going away (laughs) even panic the disco isn't emo anymore no they're just 
For one, it's just Brendan Urie now. Yeah, for two, they're like band. (laughs) I think they get classified as electric pop now. Electric, electro pop, or are they just alternative now? I don't even know what these genres mean anymore. (laughs) Did we ever? (laughs) I know. Because Fallout Boy was like alternative or emo, right? But now there's just bands that I've never heard of, and there's so many different genres. I don't want to get into it. Uh, but it was excellent soundtrack I really enjoyed it even if it was a song I didn't know it was really fun and it went with the scene there's nothing that like didn't quite fit everything was suited for what we were watching I agree and rebalance it just this movie something I really like about Diablo Cody stuff is it feels authentic American Like they live in these kind of more cramped houses, older houses with the wood paneling, Mm -hmm. more what we actually see when we're growing up versus a lot of other teen movies where they live in these nice little McMansions that are so clean and pristine and for sale in Beverly Hills right now. Right. It just, it, it feels more like middle America, which I appreciate. Yeah, I agree. I was just looking at uh, Diablo Cody's other movies, and I see that she did Young Adult. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. It's been on my to-watch list for since it came out. You'd actually—that's right up your alley. Um, that that act, that movie reminds me. If this movie didn't exist, you would have written it already. Nice. I kind of feel like that's totally your vibe. So definitely check that out. That movie's. I think it's wow. on. It's on something I own. It's on Hulu, Sam. Oh boy, I'll just have a Diablo Cody watch-a-thon tonight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty interesting movie. And uh, trying to think of anything else. Uh, oh yeah, okay, so we're talking about uh, production. And I already talked about um, how I, like many other women, were turned off. Yeah, yeah. Because, just because of the marketing. It wasn't marketed as a female empowerment uh, friendship movie. It was yeah. marketed as come see Megan Fox's titties. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny because I don't know what I was doing at, at the time in 2009, but I didn't really uh, catch on to those trailers. But I remember this movie was constantly on, I don't know if it was Cinemax or Encore, um, but one of those, one of those like sub like premium channels Mm -hmm. and when I would watch movies those channels would show like a 10 second snippet of the movie and it would be like you know coming up next Jennifer's body and the 10 minute snippet instead of showing 10 seconds or 10 minutes I'm sorry 10 seconds instead of showing like a moment of the makeout scene they would show like a really random ass like part of the movie like I remember they would show do you remember the part where Needy was like running up the hill at prom to that old abandoned like mansion house with the pool? Mm-hmm. And as she's running up, she like is in her pink dress and she's going further in the distance, but the music in the background is like kind of like this like hardcore guitar that's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the snippet they chose. And it said Jennifer's body. And I was like, this seems like us a horror movie. I think I'll watch it. And that's how I was introduced to Jennifer's body so I saw the more dark side that whoever did those previews they're awesome at their job and they yeah. made me want to watch that movie I didn't see anything about like the make out um 
you know what I mean. Uh, have you seen The Invitation from 2015? <clears throat> Let me see. It's another horror movie. Uh, because, that's, uh, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, because Karen Kusama, Kusama mm. also directed that. Oh, cool. I'll have to watch it because, you know, we should pray that we can watch this movie um, <laughs> since it's on Netflix. But uh, I wanted to watch it. I know what it's about, this weird, like, you know, dinner party, open house thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, things turn bad. So I, I don't want to read any more. But no, I haven't seen it yet, Sam. Yeah. Well, 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 if we pray really hard, we'll, we'll pray super hard that it comes up in the in the July in roster the July over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because June we're still need to focus on some more LGBT movies. Um, okay, yeah. so let me th- wait. I have more to say about production. <laughs> um, so there was gore in this movie. Um, so Jennifer, yes, she is a succubus and she does kill boys and. Um, the way she kills them is actually very gnarly. And there's one line in the movie that describes how gory it is. And they say that the bodies look like, and I quote chip, lasagna with teeth. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really nasty. Um, so they do well when they show the dead bodies of these boys. And um, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate how Jennifer looks when she turns into like a demon mouth. And then I appreciate her like weird vomit things that she does yeah it's just really gross but i, the I vomit love it was, the vomit was made using hershey's chocolate syrup ah, well good i'm glad it wasn't gross stuff that she had to put in her mouth you know because it, it looks like straight up oil from a car yeah. <laughs> nice. and I, I appreciate that even though this movie's super gory there is it has kind of a nice low budget feel to it Yes, it does, doesn't it? Which I think really helps with the campiness of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So when there was gore, it was good. It wasn't lame. There was no unnecessary CGI anywhere that I mm-hmm. remember seeing. Maybe a tiny bit for her mouth, but... Yeah, and evil okay. Jennifer, you don't see her in her demon form all that much. Yeah, they do a really cool um, silhouette of her shadow against a wall when she's killing the emo kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that actor, too, he's in a lot of horror movies. He's in, like, a Final Destination movie or something, isn't he? Like, I, I know that face. I mean, he's in a couple things. Who hasn't been in a Final Destination movie at this point? Us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's it. Everybody else has. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think, I don't think I have anything other more to say. The place they live is pretty nice. They live in a place called Devil's Kettle, but they do have like a beautiful landscape going on. Mm-hmm. Um, waterfall, all this cool stuff. So it has a really cool balance of they live in like these crappy little, you know, like cramped ranch houses, but they live in a beautiful yet secluded area. So it has this vibe of something could go wrong and you're kind of away from the big city. <laughs> <laughs> So, pretty cool. I'm I'm so boring that Sam is yawning. Yeah. But we can go ahead and move <laughs> on to um, we can move on to realistic aspects really quick because there are a lot, um, not that much. But um, before I go, any realistic aspects that that stick out to you? Female friendships are harder than they should be. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think about saying, yeah, female friendships and yeah, the complexity, like you described in the summary of the movie, that's what the director wanted to showcase. And I think she did a really good job 
handling that with a twist of Jennifer actually being a succubus, which I'm sure is a metaphor for the complexity of relationships between yeah. two women <laughs> when they're teenagers. Yeah. Um, and then with that being said, I guess we could talk about, um, you know, dealing with grief in real life, losing friends, um, small uh, town, stuff oh, like that. This is, <laughs> this is super specific to okay. a lot of shit that's been like coming out about bands who performed at Warp Tour. Yeah. And it crossed my mind because these girls are supposed to be in high school and this band is clearly like at least in college, if yeah. not young adults. <laughs> yeah and they're flirting with a teenage girl oh god i know um, so <laughs> creepy guys and emo bands yeah super creepy guys and emo bands who are just creeping and um let's see um any other realistic aspects i guess uh yes and no but those are the pretty those are like the top top three I guess <laughs> mm -hmm. all right just just don't talk to minors guys <laughs> like yeah I know and you know what there's another funny line <laughs> too whenever they're like about to play the the guy was like I thought you told us you were from Brooklyn <laughs> like they get like pissed when that guy said he was from like a big city <laughs> yeah I don't know it, it's just like the way these lines are delivered absolutely spot on um but yeah, that's all I got. Sam, I'm I'm ready to hear your final grade. Yeah, yeah, this fucked me up. It was really good. <sighs> nice. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I freaking love this movie. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it fucked me up too. So um double A plus there for Jennifer's body. Um yeah, I think that's all we've got for that. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Go check it out. Such a good one. Yeah. It's over 10 years old now, but it's no, old enough. Shut up. I, I, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sam. I just saw the thing and I was going to like, I was going to fuck with you a little bit on Twitter and say, oh my God, Shrek's 20 years old. Oh my God. Where is the time gone? <laughs> like apparently yesterday or something was uh, the live action Scooby-Doo's 19th uh, anniversary and that God. gave me a seizure. <laughs> I love the live action Scooby because our our beloved Matthew Lillard is in it. Yeah. He's old now. <laughs> he's not old. He's perfect. He's still perfect. Honestly, being cast as Shaggy was probably the best thing to happen for Matthew Lillard because yes. I love him so much, but he has a very 90s quality to uh, him. Yes, he does. But being cast as Shaggy and continuing to do Shaggy's voice for all the animated movies, like... Amazing. really cemented his career <laughs> yeah it did um and I still feel bad that they didn't like include him as Shaggy in something recently that I saw Scoob none of the original voice actors except Scoobies mm. uh, was <laughs> yeah. contacted Great. to do the movie and kids don't give a shit if Zac oh. Efron is playing Fred <laughs> right just let the just let the um legacy voice actors keep yeah. doing their thing i know right like sarah michelle geller was daphne i mean that's such cool 90s actors and you're totally 
they're still around. Like, don't forget, they, mm-hmm. they their voice sounds the same still. <laughs> it hasn't mm-hmm. changed. Um. All right, but anyway, that's all we got. We're not talking about how old stuff is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Are we ready for the outro? I'm ready. I'm, I'm totally ready to, dude. It's almost dinner time, my friend. Okay. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Today, we learned that you shouldn't get into a car with a band. Oh my God. Don't get in their van, right? Yeah. And don't go to rock concerts. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go out at all. That would be great. Anyway, <laughs> like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, iTunes, and Pandora. Really, really like what you hear. Follow us on Twitter at Horror Show Pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something? Or you think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wishlist. If you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And any other pertinent news right now? Uh, nothing important. I'm going to my first concert in over a year in no, two weeks. You, we don't go to concerts. Sam. I know I've been thinking about it, but it's important <laughs> because it's a Jonathan Colton concert and we use his song for our outro. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, Sam, you have to like do something when you're there. And uh, it's extra exciting because I'll be back at Alexandria. <gasps> really? Where is the show? It is at the Birchmi- Birchmere. Oh, okay, cool. Is it like a small venue? Yeah, it's in more of the, um, not so much where we were in Alexandria, but the other side, which has like actual parking lots and stuff. Wow, so cool. You need to like wear your Real Horror Show t-shirt. I should. I, I bought you and then bring a sticker and then be like, Jonathan Colton, it's uh, it's Sam from Real Horror Show. We use your song. <laughs> so please give me an autograph or like take a picture. You need to do something. Um, but don't make him mad and set the place on fire if he's like an emo guy (laughs) I I hope I hope he's not a a struggling indie musician who will try and sacrifice me yeah exactly (laughs) it would be awful but anyway um 
Okay, so Sam's going to the show. That's our pertinent news. Um, other than that, our outro song, as you just heard, is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Um, thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. This is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye-bye. I love the creepy doll that always follows